CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. All right, the morning show begins. Vince Quinn here with you on CBS Sports Radio. And what a weird week. Uh, people running up and down milk crates. Um, you have all sorts of nonsense that happens within the preseason. I was getting geared up for the start of college football because everybody was saying to me, like, oh, Vince, college football starts this week. And I heard it, and I saw enough articles. I was like, yeah, college football starts this week. And then I saw the games that were playing today. And I was like, did it really start? Did it really? Like, I, I get it's coming. But I, I looked at the slate today. I was like, yeah, I didn't miss anything. I'm good. So the, there are as much as college football, the, the start, quote, unquote, was disappointing. A uh, lot of... You know, quarterbacks got named as starters, and there's a lot of different things moving. The biggest moving part right now, which I assume that you saw, if you haven't heard this, beginnings of big-time movement and big-time controversy within the NFL. Folks, we are approaching Deshaun Watson trade season. It is happening right now. And Vince, why is that happening right now? What? Why now? Why all of a sudden? Well, you got to think of what's coming. It's the start of the season, right? Things are actually going to get moving. For the Houston Texans, all the sitting around and posturing, and for them, I mean, it's just like, baby, please, please don't go. I mean, we know we got all these criminal cases, and they, and they got to sort all that out. And we will talk about, obviously, the complications that go into the cases themselves. It is central to all of this. But for the Texans, they've been hoping that Watson would want to stay. It gives them some leverage, and it gives them a chance to potentially, if everything breaks their way legally and Watson's way legally, to keep one of the best quarterbacks in football. They've wanted that time. They've had him around the facility. He's practiced a little bit. And so that's part of the game. That's part of the game. But again, he has been at the facility. He has been around. The NFL let him do that to start training camp, which was a bit of a surprise. I got to tell you, I mean, if you've listened to me and this show pretty much since the news broke almost every week, I've put aside a couple of minutes to make sure that we talk about that case because you have to. I mean, it is one of the biggest names, one of the best players in football with 22 different allegations of sexual misconduct. Okay, it's this is a monster story. And trying to figure out what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson has been everything. And for a while, I, it's been surprising because it's been, as far as a story like this could go, it's been a little under the radar. And thinking about the NFL and how they've approached it, I think that has everything to do with it. How much coverage has it gotten? The NFL, they make up things as they go along. They do this all the time with all of the major rules. I mean, do you remember the Ray Rice situation? Do you remember how any of that happened? 
because it was like, well, let's just suspend him for two games. That's kind of how everybody does it. Oh, there's a video. All right, let's just like ban him from the league. Then there was another punishment that went on after that. I mean, like the whole way, it was like every other day they were coming up with a new way to handle Ray Rice in the moment based on how the public was reacting to what they were doing. So there wasn't a whole lot of reaction that went on to Deshaun Watson. And the NFL was like, yeah, let's just kind of sit back. Let's let this play out. But now, as the regular season is getting going, and these teams who have been a little curious to see what's going to happen with Watson, they're ready to make a move. You go through training camp. You go through the preseason. You see what your roster looks like. You get a feel for it. You think, all right, is he available? What is the price? Can we make this work? How good can we be with Deshaun Watson? And you look at all of these teams that are in the running – I don't care how bad you think any of them are. The Carolina Panthers, the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins, the Philadelphia Eagles, whether they're really in or really out, those are the four teams that have been connected to this. If any of those teams add Deshaun Watson and he plays, they are Super Bowl contenders right here and right now the second he goes on the roster. The second it happens. You got to understand, I mean, again, as a player, this guy is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He had a near MVP season his rookie year. He's been in a franchise that's a mess. All the personnel decisions and mistakes that they've made, the coaching problems, however you feel about Bill O'Brien. Deshaun Watson got that team to the playoffs. He won games in the playoffs. He's that good. Like, you put him on the Denver Broncos, that team is a legitimate top-of-the-line Super Bowl contender the second he puts on that uniform. So, these teams are interested. But it all hinges on the NFL and what they do. And what do you think the NFL is going to do? What are they going to do? Are they going to react to this at all is really the biggest question here before anything else happens. Because... You have to understand the situation. If I'm the Miami Dolphins, and that's been the reporting so far that the Dolphins are the front runner, there's also some reports they're balking. It sounds like a lot of posturing. But let's say the Dolphins are interested. Okay? You're trading for a quarterback that you know has all of these pending cases. And you have the contract that's associated with it. So to deal with millions upon millions of dollars, top-of-the-line quarterback money for the next, you know, five years after this, you got to know what's going on. At least from some level of the league standpoint, you got to know what's going on. Imagine what this is for any of these teams. Again, anywhere Deshaun Watson goes, they become a Super Bowl contender overnight. But that depends on how much he plays. How available is he? Because... Last I read, the court timelines for Watson are February. That's after the Super Bowl. We're talking about the season being over. So if the whole thing is, hey, we're going to wait, and that's the NFL decision. That's that's what they decide. We're going to let the legal process play out. We're going to wait till that all happens, and then we'll go from there. So if he settles beforehand or if something happens in February, you could ride out this whole season. There is an avenue where the NFL does nothing. They ride out the whole season. Watson could win a Super Bowl and then go to jail. Like, these are the kinds of scenarios that you're looking at. If you're the Dolphins, you want to know how the league feels. 
Are they going to let this guy play or not? Based on the information they have, whatever fact-finding they've done. And the reporting a couple of weeks ago was, hey, the NFL's having a hard time. They're not quite getting all the information that they're looking for. And that's why they're sitting this thing out. Well, it's going to be a lot harder to do that. Because, again, part of it is the coverage matters. And if the talks are really heating up with a couple of different cities, well, what do you think is going to happen everywhere in Carolina surrounding the Panthers? They're going to be talking about Deshaun Watson nonstop. Miami, Deshaun Watson nonstop. Denver, Deshaun Watson nonstop. Philly, Deshaun Watson nonstop. You're going to talk about it. You have to. It's a big-time decision. There's emotional, moral complications that go into all of it. You're going to talk about. So when you consider this whole situation as a fan, as a player, as an owner, as a coach, whatever it is, you got to have some idea. There's going to be a demand to know how the league is going to respond. And that's part of the question I have for you is what should the league do? What should they do with this guy? Do you think they'll make a decision at all? Will they change anything? Will they just sit back and let this whole thing ride? That's where my instinct is right now. They're just going to sit and let it play. 855-212-4227. Is that the right decision? Is a totally different thing. If I was the NFL, I would have put this guy on the commissioner's exempt list the second training camp started. You sit around, you let it go for a little bit. Does he settle? Does he not settle? There was some back and forth. There was a time where the momentum was going in such a way that it felt like it was going to happen. Lawyers were having conversations. There was leaks about the details of what would go into a settlement. You go, okay, like these guys are going to go and figure things out. So, yeah, if there is a settlement, you move on. You figure it out from there. Whatever fact-finding you're able to get, whatever information comes out of it, whatever you think the public is going to demand, whatever they think is right, you balance all of those different things, and you come up with a suspension or a fine or none of it. I mean, you just you, you see how it all goes and you react to it, but... Now that you've waited all of this time, now you're going to get into this moment where, say, there is a trade. I mean, say this works out where despite the no trade clause and all the complications that go into trading for a quarterback that will have a court case as of now with 22 different women related to sexual abuse, sexual assault, sexual misconduct, however you want to classify it. When you're in that kind of spot, it's crazy to let it just sit and linger. Like, for, for how complicated this deal is, for how much money is involved. Because the other thing is, if you are the Dolphins, the Broncos, the Panthers, the Eagles, you bring in Deshaun Watson, and the league's like, well, I mean, we, we're probably going to suspend him. we we got to find out a little bit more. What are you going to do? You're going to suspend him in the middle of the season? Are you... Say some news breaks. Like, this is, this is the complicated thing. Like, if news breaks, if something happens where in the middle of the season you get more information about Watson. It is bad information. The league decides to change how they're going to operate with him a little bit. Then you're taking this guy out that did just get traded, that did has now been acclimated with the team. The price has been paid with picks and money. And a team's going out like, if you're the Miami Dolphins, you're going in. Sure, you can have Watson for the next 15 years. But also, you're going for a Super Bowl right now. That is an all-in move. That is an all-in move for a team that is completely ready to win right now if Watson plays. So you want to know the league is going to let that guy play. 
Like, they need to make a decision. And again, they already made a mistake by not putting this guy on the commissioner's exempt list. They should have sat him out. And if they made that decision already, it'd be a lot easier. Because now, there's no developments. I mean, really, when is the last time we've seen a major development, actual new facts? And and even at the beginning of this, when it all first broke, all the different women that were coming out each week, I mean, every time I sat here to talk with you each week, it was like, hey, there's two more cases, there's three more cases. And, And that happened for like two months. For all of that that's happened, there's no new information now. There's no major breaks in the case. Is the NFL right now just going to suddenly go, well, nothing's changed, but somebody's trading for him. We're going to put him on the commissioner's exempt list. Like, why didn't you do that before? You know, it's it's a very complicated situation. I think the NFL's put them in a bad spot by not just exempting the guy right off the bat because a lot of this is, again, it's public relations. How do you handle this? How does the fan respond to the way that you handle it? Are you getting all sorts of negative publicity? Are you getting protesters? Whatever it is that goes into all of this. What do you get? What is that response? You're an entertainment business. You're based on ratings. You need people to watch. You want people to like you. So how do you make that change arbitrarily because they're going to make a trade? Like you should have done it before. The best case scenario was this is a big deal despite it not getting a whole lot of reporting at the time. Not getting all full, round-the-clock, big-time coverage at other stuff. For example, Aaron Rodgers getting traded, potentially. And everything that that did, because we had weeks of Aaron Rodgers, did we not? We talked about it all the time. Didn't have that same kind of coverage. But even though it didn't, they should have done the right thing and just exempted him right then and there. This is an ugly situation. There's a lot of ways that this can go wrong. I mean, when you got any legal case... Any single one with these athletes, all it can take is one piece of information that changes things dramatically in terms of public opinion. You've got 22 different situations. That's a lot of ways that this can go wrong. And the upside, I mean, what are the odds that he walks away from this and nothing happens? That he looks completely clean. It's, it's a difficult, right? It's a difficult path to see. Is it possible? Yes. But also, it's 22 cases. And you have to naturally question how accurate all of it is. And for the NFL to sit at this point and not have done anything is an absolute mistake. And now that all these teams are interested, because the regular season's been coming around, because the Texans have given it a shot and it hasn't worked, I mean, are they going to put him on the roster? Is he going to sit on the bench every week? Are you going to have him available for press conferences after the games? Like, what are you going to do with this guy? Now they've made a mistake. And again, to just go and change it all of a sudden, well, now you could have the players' union involved. They could be fighting on behalf of Deshaun Watson. Well, nothing's changed. How, how do you possibly argue that this guy can't play, that he can't get paid? There's money on the line for Watson. Like, what does the NFL do? What should they do? How do you feel about all of this is is we're getting all of this news that Deshaun Watson trades are in the works, that people are talking, heavily discussing, people are dropping out. Like, it, it is the reporting is running like wildfire in the past 24 hours. What do you make of it? 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family 
Rocket Ken. By the way, you can join the show on Twitter. So it's Vince Quinn is how you join the show. That's one word. It's Vince Quinn. Happy to talk to you there. Try to get back to people as best I can. And we're going to talk about Watson a little bit to start here. So if you want to get in talking about Watson, the trade destinations, the way the NFL's handled this, what should they do? What should the punishment be? Did they mess up by not punishing him in the first place? By at the very least, not just setting him aside and saying, you know, just sit this out for a little bit. Commissioner's exempt. We're not necessarily fining you, suspending you, but you're just going away for a little while. Did they make a mistake? Absolutely. I think absolutely, and now it's coming back to bite them. So 855-212-4227. I want to get a little bit more into the ask itself of what it's going to take to actually land a deal with Watson, how that gets negotiated, and, and how complicated it is. I want to talk about that next. Keep it right here. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. All right, so we'll get a little bit more Watson stuff in here. Then we're going to change things up a little bit. I mean, I get it. It's a heavy topic. On some level, it's tough. But the trade rumors are happening right now. Like, this just kicked up again in a very real way. Teams that are engaged in talks, you're getting estimates of what the price is. Like, there's negotiating that's already going on in the media. Hey, the Texans won three firsts in two seconds. Then you get a report that just happened in the past, like, two hours that I just read, which was, well, the Dolphins are balking at that price. They're the front runners. That also happened today. So not only was it multiple teams are interested in Watson and, and something's moving here, but then it was now the Dolphins are front runners. Now the Dolphins don't like the price. That all happened in the last 24 hours. All of that. So... It's happening. Like, this is moving. There is movement on Deshaun Watson. There could be a point within the next week that he is, in fact, on another team. And you got to understand the ramifications of something of this nature happening. This has never happened before. It's never happened. A guy with this many cases, that a guy of his caliber with this many cases at this age is crazy. MVP... 25-year-old quarterbacks do not exist on the market. Hell, Kirk Cousins, people, the Vikings have clung to Kirk Cousins for dear life. Kirk Cousins! Like, because guys like Kirk Cousins didn't become available. We spent three years going, Washington's really going to let him hit the market, huh? They're going to tag him again. Wow, they tagged him again. Let's see. Okay. Yep, they let him walk. All right. And then Minnesota was like, yep, you're ours now, Kirk. And they just, they squeezed him as tight as they could. Don't leave us, Kirk. Here's all the guaranteed money. We'll change the league structure as we know it for contracts because, God, guys like you do not exist in free agency. You don't cover up problems like that in free agency with the quarterback position. So when Watson becomes available, yes, teams are interested in this. And you got to understand that part of it is as bad as it looks right now, and, God, it looks awful. It looks awful. 
He's probably going to play for a long time. The fact that teams are interested in him right now tells you that they think he's going to play. Not just this year. But once all of this gets resolved, whatever that means, settled, goes through the court system and appeals and all of that, whatever it is, these teams are envisioning that Deshaun Watson is going to be in the NFL. He is going to be playing quarterback. He's going to be doing it at a high level, and they're willing to pay. That is the Panthers. That is the Broncos. That is the Dolphins. That is the Eagles. These teams are interested. And so as bad as all of this is, as a general manager, they're looking at it as the long con. And this happens all the time with athletes of different scandals of large and small. You have the legal process. You go through it. You get whatever suspension that is. Jail time if it comes to that. And if you get out and you're talented enough, you're going to play. And if you're talented and you're playing, odds are you're going to win. And so you get the opportunity to win games. And do that again and again and again and again and again. And if you believe a 25-year-old guy and a quarterback in the modern NFL is going to play for a long time, I mean, what's the low end? 10 years? 10 years as a front office, you might hold your nose and go, my God, this feels terrible right now. But also, we're going to have a packed house for 10 years because Deshaun Watson is leading a winning football team. We could get into the playoffs Every year with Deshaun Watson. We could win a Super Bowl or multiple Super Bowls with Deshaun Watson. And so as bad as this feels right now, as ugly as it is, as much heat as we're going to get, it's all about the long con. And eventually, it's not, well, disgraced whatever Deshaun Watson or however it ends up, Deshaun Watson, all the legal proceedings, and what he's doing with the Texans, it just becomes, you know, Carolina Panthers quarterback Deshaun Watson. It just becomes Denver Broncos quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Eventually, over time, it's just been stated enough. He's now winning games, and you latch on to a different story. So teams are going to be willing to make that investment. They're going to be willing to make the risk. I mean, hell, I bet some of these teams, that deep down, if you said, let's say he goes to jail for two years, how do you feel? Some teams might be like, yeah. Because guys like this don't come around. Like, that is how your job is run in this business. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a complicated place to be. That is your expectation, is to win, is to have a product that makes money, that gets people in the door. You got to do that. You got to fill seats. You got to get people excited. You want to get press. Deshaun Watson's going to do that for you. Now, it's all negative up front. But again, if he plays, he wins games, he's the guy that you think he is, teams are willing to make that risk. And the complicated thing is what it does to a locker room. And on some level, that's where I'm curious as well, right? Like, if you're a Dolphins fan right now, and I'm I'm dead serious about this. If you're a Dolphins fan, you support the Miami Dolphins. How do you feel about the idea that the Dolphins are the front runner to land this guy? How does that make you feel? Carolina Panthers, how does that make you feel? Denver Broncos, you're in the hunt. You're a connected team. How does that make you feel? 
he could be the quarterback of your team in the next week. How does that make you feel? I'm an Eagles fan. The Eagles have been connected to Deshaun Watson. Yes, they just traded for Gardner Minshew. But if Deshaun Watson says he's willing to go to the Eagles, I guarantee you they will still make a trade to go and get Deshaun Watson. If you're going to tell me a conditional fifth or sixth rounder for a backup quarterback is going to stop them from going after Deshaun Watson, you are out of your mind. And on some level, on a lot of levels, it makes me sick. To think that he could be quarterback of the team right now, its with all the cases against him, I don't feel good about any of that. How can I? Well, it's only 22. Like, what, what are you going to say? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to give up all these draft picks and bring this guy in and all the money and everything connected to it. Like, you might even say, like, for me as an Eagles guy, they went through Michael Vick. They had Michael Vick, but you know what? At that point... Michael Vick had already gone to jail. He had served his time. He was in debt. Like, he'd, he had all the punishments that were handed out based on the crimes that he admitted to. He was held accountable and held himself accountable. And then he was given a chance to live his life again. And as we've seen over time, because you never know when somebody gets out or somebody just is in a bad incident, whether they're going to change or not. Michael Vick, everything's been clean, nothing but reports that he's a great guy ever since. His life changed. So I can see that. Watson, I have no idea. I have no idea about any of that stuff. And to go and trade for him right now, I would feel terrible. And you got to think just on the a football level. You got to think about the locker room, right? Like, how do you think a locker room is going to feel? Because if you talk to different people, I mean, what's going to happen? You're going to have various degrees of people that like it and people that don't. Well, the NFL is America, right? All of these guys come from all across the country, all sorts of different backgrounds. They're going to have all sorts of different beliefs. We've seen that with vaccine status and how that's played out over these last couple of months. A lot of guys coming out and saying they don't want to do it. Other people saying absolutely signed up, right thing to do. Like, yeah, you have all these different splits, You're going to have the same thing if Watson is traded to a team to think what it's going to be like for the energy you've built, whatever that chemistry is in your locker room, and then you bring in Watson. Like, doesn't, don't you worry about that? Wouldn't you think, like, I don't know if I want to bring that into my team? Again, I'm an Eagles guy. They're connected to him. Jalen Hurts is in no stratosphere remotely close to Deshaun Watson as a talent. He just isn't. But, Players seem to like him. He's got a good chemistry with those people. Like, he's got a brand, essentially, that he's put together. He says the rent is due. They're wearing hats that say the rent is due. Like, they're embracing this guy. And to have a team that just got burned to the ground, fired its coach, has this young quarterback, they're giving him a shot, they support him, and then suddenly you put in Deshaun Watson in that locker room? I don't feel good about that. I don't want him in there. I know how good of a talent he is. I've said this before. I will say it again. It is still true. He is the most valuable player that has ever been available in a trade ever. There has never been an athlete in the NFL that has been available for a trade as valuable as Deshaun Watson. Guys, 25 years old. He's had an MVP caliber season that ended due to an ACL tear. He's one of the five best quarterbacks in football. He's going to be able to play for a minimum another 10 years. Could be 15. Could be 20. I mean, you just don't know anymore. 
And when you think of a guy like that being available right now, what is 20 years? What is 10 years? 10 years of top-line quarterback play. What is that worth? Is that worth multiple firsts and a couple of seconds and taking the risk? Yes, it could be. As a front office, you go, the math checks out. This is actually a good deal. Assuming he plays, it's a good deal. But how does a locker room handle that? How does the city handle that? How does your coaching staff handle that? It's That's an ugly thing to add to a team right now with so much uncertainty. What if you trade for the guy and more news comes out and it totally changes the dynamic in a bad way? Now, yes, it can change. It's totally positive and everything's fine and you took a risk and it worked out fine. We'll see. But it's 22 cases and I tend to lean negative here. I am a massive skeptic here. So for any of these teams to go and make a trade and bring this guy in, I mean, he could be on your team in the next week. That's where all of this is trending. Again, Denver, Miami, Carolina, Philly. He's been connected to all of those teams. Do you want him? Do you want him in that locker room? Do you think the locker room can handle it? Is that a good situation to do that right now before the start of the season? Is that good timing? I mean, if you had training camp, as awful as all of this is, and as uncomfortable as a lot of it's going to be, at least you get time to get the questions, to deal with it in the locker room environment, meet the guy, whatever. You can do that with a training camp. Now you're going to do it at the start of the season? I mean, the timing for this is not great for anybody that's bringing him in. Also, how many weeks until he actually plays when you trade for him? Like, it's just... Everything about this right now is so incredibly complicated and messy and ugly. And I just look at this situation and shake my head. I mean, what do you do? 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. Uh, Let's go to, there we go, Anthony in Pittsburgh. Hello, Anthony. Thank you. Look, I used to be a union rep with AFL-CIO. So I have friends who were, with the Players Association. Okay. Uh, so I can tell you why he's not suspended or even put on the commissioner's list. It, do you remember the Ezekiel Elliott controversy in 2017? Yes. And uh, so Jerry Jones was very upset because the commissioner uh, gagged around, had an investigation. One of his investigators came back to the commissioner and said that the woman who made the accusation about Ezekiel Elliott was incredible. And and so the commissioner, before Ezekiel was never suspended or arrested, suspended him. So you remember the next year when Goodell's contract came up, uh, it almost looked like it wasn't going to go through because of what happened with the, Jerry Jones was very upset. Yeah. So there was, in the proceeding, what happened was you had a year later 2018 now we go and i got about a minute left before a hard out anthony so just be quick i just want to give you well, time I'll try. well this is very complicated i know you remember what happened with robert Kraft and one of his players patrick chung patrick chung was arrested for cocaine distribution was never suspended that year do you remember that actually i don't to be honest with yes. you. yes patrick chung was not it was the same year robert Kraft was arrested in florida okay for, for prostitution accusation, he wasn't suspended. Do you remember that? Yes. Right. So because of uh, so the, the commissioner's not going to use Article 46 unless somebody is arrested and convicted. 
He won't do it again. He won't do it now. Because you remember, Adrian Peterson in Dallas, I mean, when, when this happened in, in Texas, he was already arrested for child abuse. They don't monkey around. It should surprise you folks. Why is it Ezekiel Elliott arrested now if these accusations were true? Well, Because he's not going to be. Yeah, and, and Anthony, I, I wish we had more time. i got to run. Um, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. You can also get in on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. When we come back, major injury in the preseason. Big questions there. Keep it here. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. All right, we're on hour two of the morning show. And what I want to do a little bit, one, the preseason, as you know at this point, I think it's been well established on every sports outlet in America, any sports fan you've ever talked to. um, Preseason football stinks. I mean, I walked in tonight, and I'm an Eagles guy. Graceffo is a Jets guy. And I asked him, I was like, yo, Graceffo, did you watch the game? He's like, yeah, I had it on the background. I didn't watch a second. I literally did not watch a second of the Eagles preseason game. Didn't care. Didn't matter. I said, ah, whatever highlights come out, I'll check those out whenever they come through, if they come through. <laughs> Who knows? They've lost the other game 35 to nothing. Uh, I don't even know the final score of the Eagles-Jets game. Like, it just it, it just doesn't matter. Graceffo's telling me it's 31-31. I will, I will take him at his word that they tied. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see anybody talk about it. I don't feel like I missed anything. But I will say, Graceffo, did I miss anything? You missed a big Jets Hail Mary to tie it at the end of the game. Oh, that's exciting for me. I mean, oh boy. You know you know what's the most exciting thing for me is watching the Jets in the fourth quarter of the third preseason game land a Hail Mary and nail the two-point conversion. Good for them. Well, you know, they got their one Hail Mary out of the way. <laughs> Just know whenever they try it again, it ain't going to work. Yeah. It's, uh, Especially the, when they're going to need it. They're, they're restarting the rosary. So, wow. Anyway, um, that all goes to say that as much as the preseason is generally worthless now because of joint practices, something amazing happened today. So, the Texans had a preseason game, and their kicker was injured. So they didn't want to put him out there for the preseason game. There's no reason to force this guy to kick. It's it's completely meaningless. Now, teams at this stage, if they have multiple kickers in camp, they don't have them by now, right? A lot of the times, unless you're really down to the wire, you're really not sure, you want a couple extra game situation kicks, you don't have a guy. So the Texans don't have a guy. So what they did was they let Justin Reed a safety go out and kick. He went out and did the kickoffs. He did it the whole game. He was pretty good. First kick I saw, he kicks it all the way down to like the one yard line. So perfect kick, perfect kick out to the one forces them to return it. The return is wonky and bad. Uh, They don't get a whole lot of yards out of it. Great kick, great coverage, perfect execution. 
to see a safety do that, I was like, you know, this makes the preseason interesting. This is something I can get behind. It's a little different. It's a little weird. But you know what? For emergency situations, you should practice that stuff. You should give those people game reps. Like, certain emergency positions aren't talked about enough. And maybe that's where the preseason gets some value. Like, there was a time a couple of years ago, a team had their long snapper injured. Then their emergency long snapper was not active that day. So, they didn't have anybody to long snap. So what they did is they had tryouts on the sideline during the game. <laughs> like, that's a completely crazy thing. Isn't Can, that amazing? It, it's amazing on some level. Also, it's like, oh, my God, this is this is unbelievable, like, in a bad way. So why not trot out the emergency players in the third preseason game? Right? Like, emergency kickers, get them out there. Let them get a couple of kicks. Who cares? If anything, it's good for you. It might look silly, but get him in the game situation. Yes, here's our emergency kicker coming out to kick a field goal, an extra point, whatever it is, kickoffs, punts, anything. Let's see what they can do. It's a game situation. Isn't that valuable? You you have them as an emergency option. You've told them there is a possibility that they could play. You are dealing with COVID still, and players are getting pulled off the field at all these different times. Like, play your emergency people in the emergency spots. It gives you something, right? Last year, Denver Broncos, Kendall Hinton, who I will always remember him because he was a wide receiver that got put into quarterback duty like the day before the game. And so their fourth string emergency quarterback started an NFL game. Did he get preseason snaps at quarterback? Why not? Well, last year they didn't have preseason. But now, (laughs) I've answered my own question. But this year, yeah, absolutely. He should get snaps. Any emergency quarterback should get snaps in a preseason game. Third quarter, fourth quarter, second game, third game. I don't care what it is. Give him a couple of snaps. See what it looks like. Nobody does it. But if you're looking to find opportunity, this is a good opportunity. This gives you value. And for me, it's just the curiosity. Right? A safety was doing kickoffs and did well. I thought, wow. What? That's pretty amazing. Is there a situation where maybe he's good enough that you give him a tryout? He kicks well during the game. You go, you know, we don't actually love our kicker that much. Now our safety is our kicker. I don't know. I don't know. It's risky. It's risky, but maybe. You're acting like this hasn't been done before. The emergency stuff? Chad Ochocinco did this. In a preseason game? No, in a regular season game. Oh, well, kicked, okay, good. He kicked field goals. Good. He should. Like, if he can do it a little bit, yeah, give him a shot. If you need somebody in a pinch, give him a shot. Why not? Like, you do need that sometimes. Special teams especially is overlooked all the time. And when something goes wrong on special teams, it gets chaotic very quickly. Special teams matter. They're not fun. They're not exciting. They're not sexy. It's not big names. Half the time, you, you're just relieved the kicker did his job, and when he misses it, he's dead to you. That's how people treat kickers. But you know what? When they're injured, that matters a lot. Get your emergency guys in there. Yeah, let them kick. Uh, like, the Texans made a mistake, because think about this. They let the guy kick off. Great. So Justin Reed does kickoffs all throughout the game. But when they scored, 
They ran two-point conversions. Why? Why not let him kick the extra point? Shouldn't he do that in a game situation? I, I am dead serious. Shouldn't he do that in a game situation? In the event a kicker gets hurt again. That's why he's doing it in the first place in this preseason game. The kicker got hurt. So if he can hit a kick reliably, you see him do it in practice, you're willing to give him the kickoff job in an emergency spot. Shouldn't you see if he can kick a field goal? Shouldn't you try that in a fourth preseason game? I think it's a pretty good idea. They didn't do it. More teams should do that. Give me more emergency players. Then I get something to watch. Then I get something to talk about. It's entertainment. Then at least I'm getting entertainment out of the preseason game. If I'm not getting the starters, I'm getting like the deep cuts. This is when you go to the DVD and there's all those specials and you're clicking around and you find these little dumb extra features because you're super bored and it's raining and nobody's around. Like, that's what this is. I can get behind that. So to see that with Justin Reed and the Texans, I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty interesting. That, that actually makes the preseason worthwhile. Things that don't make the preseason worthwhile are injuries. Now, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. And we'll go to the phones. We'll talk to CJ in Tennessee. Hello, CJ. Uh, yes. I was got a couple questions for you. Okay. <clears throat> Number one, since... Watson hadn't been uh, suspended or anything. You think he's going to get some action this season? Yeah, I, it's it seems like for now, unless something drastically changes, his court cases aren't until February, and it doesn't seem like a settlement is in sight right now. So, yeah, odds are if he's out of Houston, because I don't think he's going to play for Houston, but if he gets traded anywhere else, he's going to play and play as soon as possible. Okay, question number two, since uh, Julio Jones is with the Titans, you think we got a, a chance at the Super Bowl? I mean, a legit chance this year? You got a chance. I think the Titans need things to break their way a little bit. The roster's good. It always has been. And Julio Jones is a nice add, but it's the defense that's been more of the problem for them. Like, you just you want more out-of-it pass rush for them over the past couple of years has been a, a bit of an issue. So if they have that going, great. But generally, you look at the Chiefs. I look at the Bills. Uh, on some level, the Ravens are like right there with them. Cleveland's right there with them. It's just tough. Being based on, especially once they hit the playoffs, it's all about Derrick Henry for them more than it is about Tannehill. So if this unlocks Tannehill, they got a way better shot. But if Tannehill's okay. more or less the same guy in the playoffs, then you're stuck. Okay. Hey, what about the $74 million man in Dallas being hot garbage this year, man? Because he's always hurt. He's been hurt three times, and this is the preseason. So, I've, wait, Dak? Who's the $74 million yeah. man? Yeah, Dak. Okay. Well, yeah, Dak's, Dak's been hurt a couple of times. I mean, he's a quarterback that in college he ran a good bit. He's been running a lot in the pros. Now he has, I mean, just a brutal accident. And uh, that's that's a tough spot to be in. I mean, injuries are, are such a freak thing. Sometimes guys just have bad luck. Sometimes their bodies just aren't built to take it. I don't know what it is with Dak yet. Uh, I would say it's just bad luck so far. So I wouldn't be super worried about it. I'm more worried just about the roster, the defense, the coaching. Like, those things concern me more than Dak getting hurt. Just a, a little muscle tweak doesn't, doesn't freak me out. But we'll see. I mean, if he ex exaggerates it early in the year, if... It leads to something else where, hey, he's favoring the arm a little bit, so he messes with his shoulder. Like, th those kinds of things become big problems. He could be inaccurate. That's what you worry about. But otherwise, for now, I'm not I'm not saying he's, like, completely injury-prone and needs to be in bubble wrap all the time yet. 
So uh, that's what that. You guys have a blessed night. All right. Appreciate it, CJ. So, uh, oh, we got somebody talking about emergencies. All right. Uh, let's go to JB in Michigan. Hello, JB. Hello. Great show. Thank Absolutely you. Absolutely great show. Thank you. Great topic, too. Uh, 1965, last game of the season. Gary Quazzo and Johnny Unitas were, had season-ending injuries for the Colts. They didn't have another quarterback, so Tom Matty, running back out of Ohio State, played the last game against the Rams and won the last game. <laughs> and they still didn't have a quarterback for the playoff game. They played uh, Green Bay in the playoffs. Um, Don Shula gave him a list of like 12 plays and put it on a wristband. Yeah. And they, and they lost in overtime. Oh, my God. So, wait, what year was this? 1965. I'm old. Oh, my God. I'm going to look this up. I'm so curious. This I just want to see the box score of how many passes this guy completed. That sounds absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And one more real quick one. About 15 years ago, Ndamukong Sue had to kick because uh, Jason Hansen got hurt. Yes. He had to kick, try and kick an extra point, and he missed. And the Lions lost in overtime to the New York Jets. I was at that game. Man, and yeah, hey, maybe if you're going to use him as your emergency kicker, you give him a couple of reps in a preseason game, maybe that helps. Maybe he makes the kick. Yeah, actually what they said, the coach said, who who kicked in high school? And Ndamukong said, I kicked in high school. And so that's why he put him out there. Nobody else on it. You know, ever kicked the football. Yeah, there you go. And and that happens. Uh, I've seen linebackers, same thing. They kicked in high school, so suddenly there's an injury to the kicker. They come out on the field, and and it's fun to see. And, JB, I appreciate it, man. Like, that is that is very enjoyable. Actually, you know what? Just I, I just saw this on my timeline, like, 20 minutes before the show started. I saw Arch Manning. Yes, Arch Manning, the top college recruit in America. He punted the ball. I saw a clip of him punting, and it looked like a pretty good punt. It was, it was kind of hard to tell from the camera angle, but it seemed like there was hang time. If a high school quarterback is punting with hang time, I'll take it, right? But it is good to train people to have that kind of experience and actually give them game reps. It just it it seems to make so much sense, and yet nobody does it, and so I feel like a crazy person here. But have you ever in your life seen an emergency quarterback get preseason reps. Has it ever happened? Is that actually ever the plan? Hey, coach, uh, you put your quarterback, uh, you, you set him on the bench, you put your wide receiver out there. Can you explain that? Well, yes, he is the emergency quarterback. He could possibly get some reps there. We don't want to just tell him he's the emergency quarterback and then never talk to him about this ever again. So we're we're not just going to have him never take snaps in that spot. We want to do it here and there. So this is a good opportunity to do it. And there he goes. Like, what better time? Third string defense, fourth string offensive line, whatever it is. You put him out there, you let him run a couple of snaps, and you see what happens. But nobody does it. So Justin Reed gets a whole day of kickoffs as a safety. I go, you know, we should see more of that. But anyway, if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn. As always, you can get in on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. That's all one word, It's Vince Quinn. Happy to talk with you there as well. Read tweets on the air, all that good stuff. But what I wanted to do is, I don't know if you saw this. I, I, I don't think this is a surprise that I got distracted with preseason kicking is something that just took over a segment. But uh, I, I want to talk about J.K. Dobbins next. And the injury that he just took while playing a preseason game for the Baltimore Ravens. 
What does that mean for the Ravens? How bad is this injury going to be for him? What does this mean for the league? Like, I, I want to talk about all of that. We're going to do that next. Keep it right here. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. So we started things off talking about Deshaun Watson a little bit because the trade rumors have heated up in a very real way. In the past 24 hours, multiple teams are interested in trading for Deshaun Watson. The Panthers, the Broncos, the Dolphins, the Eagles. Then you find out that the Dolphins are a front runner. Then you hear the Dolphins are balking at the price, even though they're the front runner. Like, there's a lot of movement. That's a lot of progression to happen in a short amount of time just before the start of the season. The time frame makes sense. So, I'm trying to figure out what the NFL is going to do. What kind of action are they going to take? Are they going to suspend Watson? Uh, is the increased media coverage that is bound to come from all of this, especially if he does get dealt? Are they going to just let this slide? Are they going to just wait and see what happens? I'm very curious. But that's a big part of making the deal happen. Will they let Watson play? And right now, it looks like they will. And that's why I love Twitter. Um, somebody <laughs> says to me on Twitter, there is zero chance Deshaun Watson plays a snap in 2021. Zero. Even if traded. What are you smoking? So... That makes you feel warm and fuzzy. Um, there's a very good chance he's going to play. There, Odds are way more right now that Deshaun Watson is going to see snaps this year than not. Way more. Because there's no developments to happen with this case right now. Unless something unexpected gets out into the public. What else is there? All the different women have come out. For a while, you you held your breath because it felt like every single day when you woke up, there could be a new case. There was points where there were a couple of cases, then a couple of women said, you know, I'm not going to get involved in this, and they walked away, and then more cases came. Like, it, every day, you just didn't know. Then we got certain, like, direct messages that were sent out, texts, whatever. Like, things got leaked into the public. That was real information, real momentum involving a case that was happening right in front of our eyes. It's been quiet for a while now, hasn't it? And with all that information that came out with Deshaun Watson going to Texans camp, I mean, you have a guy with 22 cases of sexual misconduct going to Texans camp. They have nothing going for them. He is the story. All the cameras, all the papers, all the interview questions, they're all going to be about him. They let him show up. He practiced with them. He's been around the team this whole time. What's going to change between now and the start of the season, between him getting traded? What changes in terms of the case? And what argument does the NFL really have to suspend this guy? I mean, if you ask me, they should have put him aside before the season started. They should have put him on the commissioner's exempt list. It's 22 cases. Okay. It's 22 different people. You put him aside and you figure it out. But they didn't do that. 
So now that they didn't do that, you don't have much standing to go and suspend the guy. You don't have much standing to put him on the commissioner's exempt list. And the Players Association, odds are, would fight it like hell. And rightfully so. Vince, how are they going to fight for Deshaun Watson? He's a player in the league. Of course they're going to fight for him. Until he's proven guilty in a court of law, or there's some major obvious piece of evidence, and he gets arrested, and everything is criminal. Like, nothing's going to change right now. So, yes, Watson is very likely going to play. And it's a question of who does he play for? Is he going to play for the Texans? Is he going to play for the Dolphins? Is he going to play for the Panthers, the Eagles, like Broncos, all these different teams? Those are the ones in the running. It's a big question. And that's something we've been dissecting a little bit here. If you want to get in and talk about it, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show, 855-212-4227. And you can also hit me up on Twitter. By the way, today on CBS, a big afternoon of sports takes you all over the world. It begins in Italy at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific with the International Swimming League. Then at 2 Eastern, 11 Pacific, we're back on land. And we watch the toughest riders battle the bulls at the PBR Tractor Supply Company, Iron Cowboy, which I love that name. Iron Cowboy is a great name for an event. At 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific, It's the NFL on CBS preseason action. It's between the Dolphins and Bengals. That's all coming tomorrow on CBS. So here's the other thing I wanted to get into because I did mention the Eagles here in the Deshaun Watson hunt and all of these Watson trades. Well, Gardner Minshew just got traded to the Philadelphia Eagles, and I will tell you that that's a big reason why I believe a trade is imminent and these, all of these reports are real. You got to consider this situation, okay? The Eagles have been connected to Deshaun Watson the whole time. The whole time. And there was points where nobody was connected to Watson. It was just the Eagles. Hey, they keep placing calls. They're interested, which makes a lot of sense. The Eagles have piled up a lot of draft picks. They traded Carson Wentz. They've got multiple firsts in line. They might have three... First round picks next year. Three. So they have the ammunition. They drafted Jalen Hurts before with the idea that you can't have enough quarterbacks. So they believe in the value of the position and not having just one guy, but two. That also plays out from the idea that Joe Flacco stinks, Nick Mullins stinks, they cut Nick Mullins, and they trade for Gardner Minshew. They believe in having quarterbacks. They think it's important to have them on the team. So to be connected to Deshaun Watson, have the ammunition, the philosophy, and the willingness to go and do it, it's all there. But Vince, they just traded for Minshew. So so what do you mean? How, how does this relate to Watson? That's exactly how it relates to Watson. They were a team that was dying to get him, but the reporting is that Watson won't waive his no-trade clause to go to the Eagles. Now does it make sense, right? The Eagles are desperate for Watson, or or not desperate, but they're interested. They're heavily interested. They're placing calls. They're doing the groundwork. They're waiting for the right opportunity. That opportunity is right now. So, hey, you have the picks. You have all the ammunition to do it. You don't have a defined quarterback situation. You can get, like, Hurts is the starter right now. Don't get me wrong. Hurts is the starter. There's no doubt about it. I'm in Philly. I'm from Philly. Hertz is the starter, okay? There's no quarterback controversy right here and right now. It is not there. But 
if Watson's available, you replace Hertz for Watson in terms of talent. It's an easy argument to make. Chemistry, locker room, all that stuff, it's a complicated argument. But in terms of talent as an organization, it's easy to see why they're looking at Watson. So when he doesn't waive the no-trade clause and he's not willing to go to Philly, well, he doesn't want to go to Philly. They're going to trade him right now. He doesn't want to go to Philly. The Eagles go, hey, I guess we're out of the running. Let's go to the backup plan. They trade for Gardner Minshew. I would bet you that's what happened. And so that's what really, again, makes me believe that this is happening right now. This isn't just speculation. This isn't like old rumors that are just getting leaked. You've got the start of the season. You have teams that still believe they they took a look at their guys and they said, you know, we could be a lot better here, whether it's Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Block, uh, Drew Locke, Tua, whatever it is. They looked at all these different guys and said, you know, Watson is a big time upgrade. We know all the baggage. We know all the risk. But he's a big-time upgrade. If we're the Broncos, we can win a Super Bowl right now. If we're the Dolphins, we can win a Super Bowl right now. The Eagles would be fringe contenders. So would the Panthers. Watson is that good. And so now the Eagles, again, they're out. They make a move. Okay, so now you're down to three teams. Where is he willing to go? What is the deal going to be? And so if you want to talk about it, 855 212 4227. That's how you join the show. 855 212 4227. We go to Tyrone. All his eyes. Hello, Tyrone. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. All right. That was that was a good call. Um <laughs> so give us a call back, Tyrone, if you're if you're in our galaxy. Um <laughs> No God! <laughs> No, God! It's a hard Don't no. call back. It's a hard no from no, Graceffo. All right, you're not going to make it past Graceffo. You blew it, Tyrone. It's over. Never again. Um, also, weird little thing with Jacksonville, because they get rid of Gardner Minshew, right? So they trade him off for a conditional sixth that could be a fifth. I don't get why they did that. I mean, unless Gardner Minshew doesn't want to be there and he's going to cause a problem and it's going to split the locker room. Maybe that's what this was. And for Philly, buyer beware in that case. But to give up a quarterback when we know how it is in the NFL, quarterbacks get injured. It is important to have multiple quarterbacks. You want a solid backup. If you think you're going to compete, you need a solid backup. you got to figure out that option. Whether you draft somebody, you've developed somebody as a late pick, you've signed a veteran player, you need a decent backup. And they just gave that guy away. They just gave him away. Jacksonville, not swimming in talent. They gave up a starting quarterback, guy who a fringe, high-quality backup, low-level starter. They gave that guy up on a sixth-round picks deal. For another two seasons, they gave that guy up for a conditional sixth. That is not good business by Jacksonville. Again, unless you think he's going to be a problem in the locker room. It's just not a good trade. For Philly, it's a good trade. You get a guy that is young, that has some starting experience. You never know if he's a long-term backup, fine. Also, if Jalen Hurts, it turns out he's not good. And they have never fully embraced Jalen Hurts. Management in Philly has never done that. If they have doubts about him, this is a little bit of a hedge. 
it's not enough that it's like, oh, here comes Gardner Minshew, big-time quarterback controversy, but if Hurts stinks and you're six weeks into the year, yeah, there's going to be a conversation, and rightfully so. That's just where it's going to be. So for them, it's a good move. But you look at Jacksonville, you see the trade, you see the preseason. Like, it is crazy to talk about how much the preseason doesn't matter but then you see how bad Jacksonville is and everybody in the world going, God, Jacksonville looks awful. And there's a real sense of panic. They are panicking. A first-year team, essentially. All these new players, new head coach, coming up to a different league. And they look so bad that it's like, oh, you know, is, is Urban Meyer regretting his decision? Uh, those are some of the things that people are starting to say. It's crazy how quickly all of this has gone downhill, or it looks like it's going downhill, I should say. It's crazy, but that's where it's at right now. There is not a lot of certainty, confidence, whatever in Jacksonville. There's reports already that players don't like him, that they're getting annoyed with him. It's been what? How many months that he's actually had the job? Like, what is happening in Jacksonville? That had big boom or bust potential, and it could still boom, but now it's Right now, it's trending bust. So, scary situation there. Now, 855-212-4227. That is how you join the show. 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn. You can join the show on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. And that's all one word. When we come back, mascots, underrated athletes, You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. All right, I'm just going to get right to the point on this. Uh, Graceffo, what are your thoughts on the milk crate challenge? I I just want to know how you feel. I think it's hilarious because I love watching people fall down. There you go. Yeah, I, I figured you might like that. I saw a guy basically look like he bent his back in half, and it made me laugh for the enti- like the next five minutes. <laughs> Meanwhile, this guy with mask on, by the way, okay, he's protecting everyone from COVID nineteen. God bless there. But the reason why you have a mask on while you're doing this, I have no idea. Anyway, <laughs> he he just starts shaking uncontrollably, falls backwards, and then looks like he basically bent himself in half. Yeah, which again, hilarious. No, there's a lot of bad spills. There's a lot of, and that's why it is popular. One, it's from the idea of, oh, hey, let me see if I can do it and how many likes and retweets I can get regardless of whether I do or whatever it is uh, on TikTok and people, whatever. People are just strange, man. For the gratification of you climbed 20 milk crates, really? Yeah. And once this it gets is- to a point where everybody does it, it loses the the value of it. You know what I mean? Like, at some point, everybody's doing it. You're not getting the same return on your investment. You spend, like, two days going, like, oh, let's hunt all these milk crates. All right, let's meet here. All right, well, now we're going to film it. And then it's, like, eight likes, you know? <laughs> Which, by the way, who was the first genius who thought this was a good idea? 
Well, like, I hope they had good health insurance. The first person that thought of this on some level is a genius. Like, are they? Yes. When they have broken their leg and their back and, you know, have spine trauma for the rest of their well, life? Well, if the first person succeeded, then they're brilliant. But the the game itself, I get the stupidity of things, like simple, dumb things that can fascinate you for hours on end, right? Like, when I was in high school, we had these bottles of iced tea, essentially. And the way the bottle was designed, if you pushed it, you just gave it a little tap on the lid, it would flip over. And what you would try to do, we played this game where basically you would poke the bottle, it would flip over the cap, you would try to get it to flip back over and land standing up. And we played this game all the time, every day, for years. For years, I mean, we would just have full conversations. There'd be four guys at a table with iced tea. It was a, it was an all guy school. Uh, so, so anyway, uh, you, you'd be pushing the bottle, and it would just be four guys like having a conversation. We're just yelling about sports, and we're pushing these bottles over, just not even thinking about it. And I'd be like, "Oh, you got it. Yeah, okay." Like we just did it all the time. Really stupid things can be endlessly entertaining. I mean, endlessly. You ever try to like? Throw a ball at a wire for no reason other than you're 10 years old and it sounds like fun. Like, people have just done that. Now, I, I, I guess I should clarify, do not throw balls at wires. That is not a good idea. I do not need the liability. I am an overnight weekend radio host. Please do not take me to the bank, okay? I can't afford that. So do not throw balls at wires. But dumb stuff like that can be endlessly entertaining. And so the Milk Crate Challenge captivates America. It unites us as a country. The Milk Crate Challenge. This is really what we needed to unite people. Yes, this is a party platform now. Not a not an 18-month pandemic that, you know, killed millions of people. No, we're, we're starting with milk crates. We're okay. starting people running on milk crates. Then it'll probably be a network TV show where celebrities run across milk crates. And uh, once we do that, then uh, we're, we're going to have world peace, actually. It's, it's all going to yeah. start with the Milk Crate Challenge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful thing. Um, power of milk. Milk is delicious. But... Anyway, I, this all goes to say that I don't know if you saw this video, but the mascot from the Colts. Yeah, I saw it. Pretty impressive. Was hoping he'd fall. You were hoping the mascot fell? Of course. I was hoping everybody falls. No, I, you got to root for the mascot. Do I? Yes. Is a guy to, you know how hard it is to do that in a giant animal suit? That's impossible. Okay. Maybe the milk cartons were doctored in a way. Doctor, you know, wow, we're getting conspiracies rather than credit the man in a full-bodied horse suit. He's not suit. a man. He's a horse. He's a man in a horse suit or a woman in a horse you're suit. Breaking, I have no idea. You're breaking reality here. You're breaking the fourth wall. He's a horse. Okay, so then you're not rooting for no. a, a giant anthropomorphic horse that can, I assume, talk and has a job and health insurance because uh, it's a Colts well, mascot. Well, he better have health insurance yeah. if he's doing this stupid thing. As the Colts mascot, that horse is getting health insurance, okay? It's a little bit different health insurance for horses, but he's got health insurance. Again, the the amount of people who don't have health insurance in this country and decided, oh, it's a great idea to climb 20 milk crates, mm, they really have a screw loose. Well, yeah, now they've got multiple screws loose. But to watch that mascot, I mean, you're look at any mascot's feet. Almost any of them. What do they have? Gigantic shoes. <laughs> Monstrous, monstrous horseshoes. Okay, this this colt, this person. There wasn't like a little bit of you that hoped he fell. No. Why? Because he's a 
mascot trying to do something that everybody in America is attempting. It's a, that's why it's so great. It's the dumbest thing ever. It's incredibly dumb. It is so dumb. And that's why I love it. There is a full-grown man in a horse costume Again, we don't walking know if he's across a milk crates. This could just gets to be a furry blue horse. Well, we don't know. Full-grown person. There's an adult in a horse costume walking across milk crates. That, that person deserves more credit. I don't, I don't know how much social media clout they got I from this. We don't not know enough. if it was doctored or not. This could be like one of those like... It's uh, not this could be one of those like oh, videos where on. like, oh, this guy made a basketball shot from a million miles away. Oh, it was the 18th take of it. Or like any video Ben Simmons puts out there where he's hitting jumpers, like five jumpers in a row. Like that's, you know, this could be massively doctored just like that. All right, here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put it out to the public. And we're going to ask them, do you think that Blue, and Blue is the mascot from the Colts, and he's just... Creative name there. It's... <laughs> oh, the color? Oh, great. He's made for children. All right, re relax. Uh... <laughs> there are, are mascots all around the sports world that have better names. Yeah. There's plenty of... Yeah, I mean, some... Blue's not an amazing name. No, it's a color. It's not a name. Well, also, horse names Horse names are usually exceptionally great, too. Right. They could have called him anything else. They could have called him Unitas. They called him, could have called him Once Upon a Time in Baltimore. <laughs> or that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could have called him Unitas the Horse. They didn't do it. Big failure. Uh, okay, so do you think that Blue completing the Milk Crate Challenge... Was a doctored video. Like Ben Simmons. <laughs> no, those videos are real every summer. Oh, when but... Ben Simmons makes tw tw 10 jumpers in a row. Yeah, it's real. Oh, every time. Yeah, yeah oh. no, it's not edited in any way. Oh, well, no, they're, they're completely edited, but he actually... They take out every miss that Ben Simmons it's, had. It's not a CGI basketball is all I'm saying. Like, oh. There's an actual... I'm not saying he's, he's oh, really? good. I'm not saying I believe in any of it, okay? It's, it's not even fool me once, fool me twice. It's like fool me for the 800th time, okay? Like... It, it's just, it's insane. I mean, he puts out those videos. Here's me taking all these shots in the gym. Or his Here's people. me hitting 10 threes in a row. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about the other, like, 15 that I missed that are not here. So, when you see that stuff, it's completely ridiculous. I'm not going to believe that the Colts mascot completing the milk crate challenge. I won't say it was doctored. How many times do you think he tried it and fell and they didn't show it? Oh, I don't care, though. Oh, I don't care. You don't I think don't. that matters? No. It's more entertaining to watch him fall down. Not to me. Eh, okay. He's a horse. He's a six-foot horse. A you're a special case. It's a Yes, I am. But it's a six-foot horse. It's a six-foot horse person that walks across milk crates and did it successfully. And by the way, did it better like the strategy executed by what Blue. What strategy do you need <laughs> See, this is why. He was shaking at the top the whole time. No, you are completely incorrect, sir. Here's what happened with Blue. Blue goes up, because I think it's five stages. Like, the top center is five, right? He you gets, actually took the time to count this out. Blue gets to four. Blue is on level four. He's just before the top, okay? Now, here's what Blue, who is a genius, does. Okay, this horse person. He didn't do anything. Yes, he did because Blue completed this. Blue, in all of his majesty. Imagine being the Colts social media team and going up to the mascot and say, hey, can you risk your life? 
I'd ask for a race. Uh, right. He's doing it on a turf field, so good, good, good situation. The the optics or the yeah, uh, you couldn't break an arm on turf. You couldn't no, break an arm doing the, that. The, the conditions know. are good. The conditions are good. You've got a flat field. Other people are doing it in their yards. There's all these bumps and like ant hills and whatever. Like you're dumb. Like that's that's a mistake. You got to find level ground. He does it on the most level ground you can possibly get. It's also turf, pretty good. So, all right. Plus, he's got the suit. I would figure the suit, little fluffy, going to break the fall a little bit. So it's okay. It's worth the risk. But again, wonderful athlete, Blue, gets to level four, approaches five. This is where everybody screwed up the milk crate challenge, by the way. This is where every idiot got themselves hurt. They lingered at the top. Okay, they'd get to the top. I don't think it wasn't so much that they lingered at the top. They thought, oh, I'm going to fall now. And they were shaking uncontrollably. Yes. And they realized, oh, I can't make it down, so I'm going to fall now. But because they positioned themselves in a way that it was like, all right, step, step, I'm on level one. Step, step, level two. Step, step, level three. Blue goes, I'm at four. I'm going to traverse five in one single small step, stay low to the ground. Not not fully stand up on level five. I'm just going to put my weight there and move straight to the other four. And then it's all downhill from there. Blue nailed it. And then the Seahawks mascot did it. And I was like, all right, I've seen two people in animal costumes complete the milk crate challenge. And it's time to realize that, you know, mascots, more athletic than they get credit for. More athletic. The, the physical. Big fat failure. No. They, they, this is the opposite big of fat big failure. fat failure. How dare you put big fat failure in that moment? Again. There are many times where you've done would, no. There, there are would many have been funnier if they well. fell down. No. I, it is it is a triumph of the human spirit to be able to have yeah. giant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. To have giant people and animals with big feet. All right. They've got, their shoes are eight times the size of a normal human. And these people were able to complete the When a teacher challenge. gets a raise, that's the triumph of the human spirit. Well, that is two. They're hand in hand. I would like to see. Oh, are they? Yes. I would like to see Blue complete the milk crate challenge and then go, by the way, you're tenured to just some random teacher in Indianapolis. Why not? You Seattle, stupid idiot. Why not? No, not if you have a good teacher. But that's why Blue is completing the milk crate challenge. Now, when you see multiple athletes, I mean, again, these, these people, like, they're doing flips in animal costumes. You can't see anything. You've got monster feet. You've got tails and fat bellies. Like, the athleticism that goes into being a mascot, the kind of shape, at least, that you have to be in as a mascot, that's a tough job. Being a mascot is a tough job. You're walking around like baseball mascots. Oh, my God. You're a baseball mascot. You're in the heat in the summer in this giant suit. You're sweating. You smell like garbage. Kids are grabbing you. You're doing it for 81 come, times a year. Can I ask year. you a question? Yeah. One more thing? Yeah. Your town, your like, great town, with all their great mascots, Yes. where have they been doing this? Are you demanding that... The Philly fanatic or gritty does the uh, yeah like does now the milk like, crate where challenge. You? Where you been? You getting upstaged by the Colt guy? Gritty would probably put out a video where like one of his security guards because he has like Secret Service security guards with him. They're going for the milk crate challenge, and then he just like knocks out the crates from under them. Like that's how Gritty would do it. He wouldn't even attempt it, so he wouldn't try. I don't know if the fanatic would try. I don't the know if they talked would try about anything. it. The Fanatic's done basically everything. I mean, it would be the comedy writing 
and all that goes into the Fanatic. Is, oh, yeah, they got a big team of writers for the Fanatic. Well, they probably don't, and that's even more impressive. Like, they, they are brilliant. The Fanatic is Saturday Night Live, is that what you're telling me? For mascots, yes. You're doing G-rated Saturday Night Live seven days a week, essentially. That is a tough job. He was in a tutu today, and he, like, tackled some fat guy. It doesn't take a whole lot of writing tonight. I that's, saw it. Tonight. That's brilliant. You don't, oh, yeah, yeah, Do you yeah, see well, that everywhere? That took a whole, that took a whole lot of thinking. To the, oh, yeah, let's get some fat guy out of the stands, put him in a tutu, and have the Fanatic tackle him. Your oh, respect yeah, for mascots is very disappointing. Uh, mascots are incredible. It's just I'm done with it. Done with it. What, <laughs> you just want to end the mascot profession? I'm just done with it. I'm just done with it. What does it. that mean? I'm an old person now. I'm I'm done with this. You're past. Of, you're yeah. too mature for yeah. mascots, is what you're yeah. saying. But again, you're if they had adult. fallen down, I'd be all for it. <laughs> this guy's a choke artist. That's the opposite. It is the opposite. You don't understand. If anything, it makes the idiots that fell over without animal suits look worse. You can laugh harder at those people because people in animal suits with giant feet and no visibility whatsoever were able to get through the milk crate challenge and regular people couldn't. That's a win. Great. It is great. It is great. That was a horse person and a giant bird person that did the milk crate challenge. Bird person. It's a bird person. I don't know what else to call it. It's a bird person. They they traversed the milk crate successfully and did the damn thing. How many people in general did it? And to do it like that, it's impressive. Again, can we? Not enough love. This is going to go away when when we can include conclude that this was the biggest waste of time. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna go away now. Because now what's going to happen is people are doing it. They're not going to get the same kind of feedback that they thought because, oh, wow, I like this, and these people got 8,000 likes. So surely I will get at least 6,000. I'll get 80 followers out of this. Like, that's how everybody approaches this kind of thing. And then when they don't get that, then it stops. Like, is is it worth – is the risk of injury worth the amount of likes I think I'm going to get is the calculus? No. Well, never in okay, general. Dr. Bill. Unless you're the first person and you're an actual influencer. But outside of that, like unless your job is to make content on TikTok, it is not worth it for you. It is not worth it. <laughs> but everybody did it anyway. Unless you're a horse person or a bird person, and then it was totally worth it. Congratulations to both of them. Absolutely phenomenal work. Now, 855-212-4227 is how you join the show. I don't know what you call in and say in response to any of this. But you're welcome to call. It is a wide open floor. This is a public venue. This is a public platform. You are welcome to join the show. 855-212-4227. Mascots completing the Milk Crate Challenge. Impressive or unimpressive? Sad because they didn't get hurt? Or a triumph of the human spirit? 855-212-4227. Graceffo is wrong. 